Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, a, you know, a famous passage of scripture about the early church and how the first church looked and operated. And this week, I want to talk about being a people in pursuit of transformational community. Transformational community. If you've got your Bibles, let's read Acts chapter 2, verse 42 together. And the title in my Bible says, The Believers Form a Community. Verse 42 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, such a powerful picture there of of what the church is to look like. And I am so thankful that as a church that we are not gathering under the name or the brand of a church. We're not gathering around our preference, but we're gathering around Christ. We are united because of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. And we gather under His name, the name of Jesus, the name that God and the Bible says is the name above all names. And so I want to stir our faith and stir our heart today. The reason why we gather as a church and do life as a church is not to have a tea party, but it's to have transformation. That's what we're going after. I love what Reinhard Bonnke says. He says, the less Holy Spirit we have, the more coffee and cake we need to keep the church going. And I want to say as a Christian and as a pastor, I am not interested in having this community without the fire of the Holy Spirit. Because I want to see transformation in my life and I want to see transformation in the lives of others. And, um, you know, that's what we're going after in our house gatherings. It's not just to get together and to tick a box. I I said to our leaders a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, man, I want to see Holy Spirit hoedowns. I want to see like the power of God in these groups, in our homes, in our lives. And that's what I see in Acts 2, 42 to 47. It is a transformational community. And that's, you know, the journey we're on is one of transformation as Christians, as believers. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we're being transformed. The Bible says we're going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And where you are right now is not where God wants you to stay because you're on a journey of transformation. You are being changed into His image. And that's who the church is, is called to be a community of transformation, being transformed and bringing transformation. You know, the most common word, Greek word for the word church in the New Testament is the word ecclesia or ecclesia. And uh, it's actually a Greek term for citizens of a kingdom gathering together. And wherever those citizens gather together means there is an establishment of that kingdom right where they gather. How cool is that? Yeah, I think about those friends of mine who are Americans who are living in Australia. And I always see this around Thanksgiving, uh, you know, which is an American thing they celebrate where 
these Americans all get together in a home and they share this traditional meal and they, you know, wear these traditional things that I've seen in photos. And I'm like, what are they doing? They're establishing culture. They're establishing culture right there in that space. It's like there's this culture of America where they're gathering. And this is who God has called the church to be. We, when we gather together, we establish a culture that is not the culture of this world. It's the culture of another kingdom, the kingdom of God. And uh, God's been speaking to me. James shared it, but Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, uh, Jesus says, "Where, where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Think about that. Where we gather, Christ is the authority of Christ. Therefore, when the church gathers together, we are establishing the culture of the kingdom right there and right then. We are bringing heaven to earth through the authority of Christ. And that's why I'm so passionate in gathering in this season. It's not just so we can meet together and tick a box. It's so we can establish this kingdom culture in our lives. And it's so we can establish the kingdom of heaven on the earth. We are, we are meeting for a purpose and it's for the purpose of transformation. And right now there are so many areas in our Christian walk that are being tested. In our faith and our trust is being tested. Our pursuit of God is being tested. So many areas are being tested. And I honestly believe a massive area of our Christian walk that's being tested is our commitment to Christian community. It's our commitment to Christian community. And let's be honest, there are so many disciplines in our lives that sometimes it can feel overwhelming as a believer. It's, you know, I'm on this journey of being committed to God and to this intimate, personal, growing relationship with Him. Um, I'm in my marriage, I'm committed to my wife, Tara. Um, I'm committed to my children. You know, you might not be married yet. You might have a partner that you're trying to be committed to, or you might be single and you've still got to be committed to family members. And there are so many disciplines. We're committed to work. We're committed to um, study or personal growth. We're committed to health and exercise and fitness. We're committed to hobbies. There's so many things that it can often feel overwhelming. And then you think, well, I've got to commit to Christian community on top of that. And in this season that we're experiencing right now, it can tend to feel like that the church is on holidays. That's like, man, this is awesome. Uh, I can just go to the beach on a Sunday, but I want to stir us today and say, no, we are called to be a part of a transformational community. This time more than ever, I believe, is essential that the church is gathering together. I believe it's the most essential time. And I believe in this season, God is deepening our understanding of what and who the church is. And, and I'd like to ask that question, what is and what has been our understanding of the church? Have we built our experience of the church around a Sunday service? Or are we understanding that the church is far more than that? It, it is a transformational community. And I, I want to remind us that it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. The devil does not want you to be committed to the church. Why? Because when you're isolated, that's when he can pick people off easiest. And I've seen this in my own life. When I'm isolated is when I start to go weird in my faith and weird in my thinking. And I realize this is why God has created the church, because we need people around us to sharpen us. That's what the Bible says. Iron sharpens iron. 
And we need that. Otherwise, we'll go weird. Otherwise, we'll start focusing on other things. But we need the help of other believers to point us to Christ, to stay focused on the kingdom. And it's a spiritual battle. And I've found in my life that the devil will do anything. It's this spiritual pressure in our lives that it can often be the hardest discipline to commit to is this Christian community. Hardest discipline to commit to, yet the easiest to leave. And I know that to be true through my own experience. I don't know if you've ever seen in Ephesians chapter 6 talking about the armour of God. But with the armour of God, there's no back piece. There's also no pants, but we're not going to talk about that right now. But there's no back piece. There's, look, there's the belt of truth. There's the breastplate of righteousness. There's the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. But there is nothing protecting our back. And I believe it's because God has called us as the church to protect each other. We're there to be there for each other. So here's what we need to understand about transformational community. Transformational community starts with God. When we come to faith and we come into this relationship with God, we, we are invited into this eternal communion with a communal God. He's the Father, He's the Son, and He's the Holy Spirit. He is being in perfect eternal community forever. And we get invited into that. I was talking to my friend from our Tweed location, Dennis Perry, the other day. And uh, he said this, he said, the essence of community comes out of our oneness in God. He is three in one. So we are in community when we come to Christ. Jesus says in John chapter 17, verse 21, he says, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I. He's, He's praying to the father before he goes to the cross. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. When we start out this relationship with God, we're in community with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's in this intimate communion with God that the deep work of transformation begins, where the light of the gospel, God shines the light of his truth into our hearts so that we're awakened to him and we're awakened to the reality of what's going on in the world and in our lives and sin. And and we're able to repent and start to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Transformation starts with God. And then we've got to understand this, that we continue this transformational community when we continue relationship with others. We continue this transformational community when we continue in relationship with others. With others. Friends, please hear me right now. You are not called to do this journey of faith alone. You're just, you're not called to. This is why Jesus created the church. You're a part of a family now. When you come to God, you are now a part of a family which is called the church. And to say, I don't want relationship with believers, but I want relationship with God is ultimately to say to God, I don't believe in your design, but you're called to more. You are called to community with other believers. Jesus says in John chapter 13, verse 34, he says this to his disciples, to us. He says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. We must understand it is a commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. There is some weight resting on this commandment of us loving 
and committing to the journey with one another. My friend Adam Ramsey, who, who was a part of Elevation, he now pastors another great church. He says this, he said, The world will know us not by our magnificence, not by the magnificence of our miracles or the relevance of our rhetoric or even the precision of our doctrine, as important as that is, but by, by the presence of relational beauty in our churches. That's the evidence. That's worth not only pausing over, but bending our lives around. It is so essential that we understand that we need to be a part of this transformational community called the church. And this is why I am so confident that in this season, God is doing such a deep work. He is deepening our understanding of who the church is. Although large gatherings are fantastic, they're amazing, I love them, they are powerful and there is a place for them. He is deepening our understanding that when two or three gather, that same power, that same culture, that same kingdom is being established through our commitment to this transformational community. And in this time, I'm seeing so much growth in the the people that I'm journeying with. Honestly, four weeks of journeying in my house gathering and I was talking to uh, a friend who's saying, I've seen more growth in my life in four weeks than I have in five years of church services. And I'm like, hmm, that's confronting to me. You know, I, I talked to other people. I was talking to Brad Knight, who's a part of our Tweed location the other day, and he gave me a call. And now as a pastor, usually you get phone calls when people are going through difficult times and challenging circumstances. And so this was a call where Brad's like, hey, I just want to tell you how much growth is happening in my life through this time. He's like, man, we are being so transformed through the community we're committing to. And I'm like, my goodness, this is getting me so excited. Here's what I realize for many of us as, as Christians in the church. Oftentimes we come to Christ and it's like this steep growth. And then more, than it, more, more often than not, it can flatline. And uh, what I'm seeing right now is just this, this peak towards growth in our personal journeys once again. And it gets me so excited So excited. So here's a question I would love for us to ask ourselves. Am I seeing transformation through my journey with believers? Am I seeing transformation in my life with believers? If the answer is yes, I want to say praise God, keep going. If the answer is no, then we need to stop. And we need to pause and we need to ask ourselves why. If this is a commandment that we are to grow in our love for each other and to be a visible witness to the world that we are his disciples, if we are not seeing that, then we need to ask ourselves why. Because my friends, we are called to this. The church is more than a service. The church is establishing the culture of heaven here on earth. And unless we commit to this process of growing together, we we won't be this visible witness to the world. And yet it's a call of God on our lives. So just as I close, I want to finish on two really practical ways of how we can have transformational community in our lives. Two really practical ways. The first one is this. To have transformational community, we, we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional. Acts 2.42 says this, all the believers devoted themselves, they devoted themselves 
It was a choice. It was an intentionality from every, every believer. I'm devoting myself to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. They devoted themselves through intentionality. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Our oh, friends, we are, are in such an important time in history. And, you know, if the writer of Hebrews a couple of thousand years ago is writing the day of the Lord is drawing near, then, then we need to understand we are closer than ever. And we can see what's happening in the, in the world right now. And the day of the Lord, friends, is drawing near. And so there has never been a more in, um, necessary time for us to be intentional about Christian community, about stirring one another, about um, encouraging one another to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. There has never been. You know, the, the writer of Hebrews is actually writing to a persecuted church. You know, we are not yet persecuted yet. Although I believe this is, this is a preparation season because we don't know what the future holds. We, we, we are in a preparation season right now. We are experiencing the birth pains of what is to come. But scripture is so clear about our intentional, let's not be those who neglect meeting together, but let's be intentional about our commitment of gathering together as believers for the purpose of stirring up our faith. What are we to be intentional about when we gather together? We're to be intentional about the Word of God. Intentional about Scripture. It is through Scripture that we come to life. We're to be intentional about fellowship. Sounds like a really old school word. I like to call it belonging. It's where we sit there and we get involved in each other's lives. What are you going through? You know, so often as a pastor, I meet with people who are going through hell. You're going through seriously challenging times without anybody and that's not God's design. You're called to be in fellowship. You're called to be in relationship. You're called to belong to this body of believers. We're to be intentional about worship. You know, worship is more than a song. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is celebrating what God is doing in our lives. That's what worship is. We're called to be intentional about prayer. You know, in my gathering, I am seeing some amazing things when we gather together in prayer, seeing people step up in this gift of the prophetic on their life and calling greatness out of one another. We're to be intentional about prayer, going after prayer. We're to be intentional about the mission, encouraging one another, stirring one another. So encouraged to hear of one of our house gatherings who talked about this. They talked about how they need to get serious about the mission. And they said, next week when we gather together, we all need to have some kind of story how we've intentionally gone out and shared the good news of Jesus. And, and uh, they said they came back the next week and all had a story. I'm like, man, that is so epic. But that's what happens when you're intentional about gathering together as the church, as a transformational community. What, you're being transformed in that place. That's what we're about. We're about growth from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We've got to be intentional. And my second thought is this. We've got to be vulnerable. How do we grow as a transformational community? With vulnerability. With vulnerability. This is a big one that is probably the most challenging of all. Uh, but you can take great comfort in knowing that we are in relationship with a God who displayed the greatest act of vulnerability in history. Think about it. 
No one has modelled vulnerability like God. Think about how he modelled it to the world through sending his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus born as a baby. You don't get more vulnerable than being a baby. Jesus grew up as a little child, raised by his parents, Mary and Joseph, the very people he created. That's vulnerable. When Jesus started his ministry at age 30, you know, he chooses these disciples and he doesn't be a dictator and a finger pointer and say, this is everything we have to do. He says, come and walk with me. Do life with me. I want to I love you. I want to serve you. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to celebrate together. We're going to you know, talk about the challenges together. That's vulnerability. And then Jesus hangs naked on a cross. This is God modeling to the world. This is who I am. I'm a vulnerable God. Yet somehow, as people, and even as believers, we try and do this journey, keeping our cards close to our chest, Oftentimes wearing a mask, not really showing people who we are. But this is to understand that transformation and growth comes when we are vulnerable with one another. You know, transparency, I heard this statement said recently, transparency is saying, I will be open and honest about something I've been through. Whereas vulnerability is saying, I'll be open and honest about something I'm going through right now. And that's what we're called to be as believers. What are you going through? Man, open up, be open, honest and vulnerable and see how the Holy Spirit begins to transform your life and your gathering in that space. If we're really going to see this transformation happen in our lives, then we've got to be vulnerable with God and we've got to be vulnerable with each other. You know, it's, it's probably often easier to be vulnerable with God because we understand God sees and knows everything. It's like He knows what I'm going through right now. But it's in that coming together and journeying with people as well, where our love and our and our uh, even our thoughts about life are challenged when we're open and we're honest and we're, we're vulnerable. That's where I believe love grows, and I'm seeing this right now with our leadership team here at Tweed. Uh, we are going through probably the most season of growth that I've ever experienced in leadership because we're just going, man, we're going to choose to go after vulnerability. And we're going after things and the way that the Holy Spirit is exposing things in our lives and in our team and places where we've hid behind stuff, I'm like, "Ah, this is wild. I've never experienced something like this. And I say all that to encourage you, this is the culture that we're going after. We're going after being intentional in this transformational community and being vulnerable because We don't want to stay the same. We want to go from glory to glory. We want to be transformed. And I get it. There's stuff going on in our life and there's stuff going on in my life. And this has been one of the biggest seasons of my life, as I'm sure it has for many. But six months ago, we took on our little foster child. And uh, this was a dream of Tara's and and myself. And we, we took on this little foster girl. And, you know, it has been really awesome and really exhausting, just to be real. And uh, I've never felt so exhausted. But being able to get around people and open up about that, man, it's like somewhere in that space, this burden lifts where these other believers are able to help come alongside me and carry that. And that's who we're called to be. We are called to be a community of transformation. And so that's what I'm encouraging us towards. I'd even encourage us right now in our house gatherings just to open up this discussion Am I seeing this transformation happen in my life through this community? 
You know, right now, if you're listening to this message and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, then this, my friend, is why you're created. This is the very reason you're breathing oxygen. This is, I don't know how you came to this service today or clicked on this link, but right now you need to know, if you do not know Jesus, then He is your God. He loves you. He created you. What we must understand is that we have sinned. That's why Jesus came to earth, was to save us from our sin. Sin means we've missed the mark. We've turned our back on a holy God. But God so loved the world that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sin on the cross. He took our penalty of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin, what we've earned for sin is death. Not just a physical death, but eternal death. But because of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross, we can have everlasting life. We can be saved from our sin and spend eternity with Jesus. And if that's you right now, then then He's inviting you into this, this relationship where you will be transformed, where you're in relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And He's inviting you into that right now. And if that's you, I just want you, between you and your God, just to surrender your life to Him right now. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Pray that to Him right now. I'm sorry for my sin. Would you come in and fill me with your Spirit? I want to be a child of God. And Lord, I thank you for those people who are praying that prayer right now. And Lord, I thank you that you are so good, you are so gracious, that you would save us and you would transform us. And I thank you for the journey of transformation that people are going on right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.